welcome to an episode of Lawful Stupid that we're uh, dubbing Community Corner. Uh, we don't typically it do... It is now, right? We don't typically do this. However, uh, we have a special guest on the show, and we want to just talk about this cool new product that they're coming out with. So do me a favor and introduce yourself to the, the class... <laughs> to the class okay the class. Well, i am this is an educational <laughs> moment all right i am uh, tom Knaus. i am one of the writers for frog god games and i've been a uh rpg designer for about 20 years now wow whoa i did not know i was looking i was trying to look up your information i was like let me let me you know get some background on old, old tk before mm-hmm. we get on this interview that did not see that that's amazing yeah, yeah, I've been doing this for 20 years. I probably have written, I couldn't even tell you. I would say at least 40 to 50 products. I I lost track after a while, so. Wow. Yeah. Well, I, I have yeah. questions I already before we even talk about your products. <laughs> yeah, sure. So you've Absolutely. written 40 to 50 of these, give or take. That's mm-hmm. a lot. That's dedication. But what do you find the most challenging when you're like, cool, time to start on a new one? Uh, that's the uh, hardest thing. What do I start on? What do I do next? What do I want to do? Coming up with the idea, uh, I find is the hardest thing. Uh, once you get the idea going from there becomes a lot easier. Um, at least for me. Yeah. Uh, and, and then once, once you get there, I, I tend to do something very odd. I start in the middle of a book. I rarely start mm. at the beginning and then I go back. Um, and the reason is, because a lot of times you find that when you're trying to start something, you just get stuck and you just sit there and going, hmm, how do I start this? Dun, 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 dun. And if you start in the middle, you can always go back. And then by then your mind is totally into it and it just flows a lot easier when you do it that way. That is the first time I've heard that. And I love that answer. <laughs> yeah, it's unusual, but I, you know, I kind of do things kind of unusually. So <laughs> I actually, so I actually think that's one of the best answers I've heard of that because you're right. You, you're either a good starter or you're not right. Like you can just either start flowing and get the juices going or you can't do endings well. And so you, you're, but if you just literally start in the middle of a story, you're either going to get sucked in or you're not, which kind of mm-hmm. helps you determine if it's a good idea. That's, I think that's fucking brilliant, honestly. Oh, we cuss on this podcast. Well, thank you. So. Oh, okay. Well, you've, you've come to the right person. <laughs> Great. Well, I, just... Ooh, I have a question. Okay, right, go ahead. Shoot. I want to know, um, it, we'll, we'll get to the main course, because now we're in the cafeteria of this school. We'll get to the main course in a little bit. I want to know, what, what's one of your favorite products that you've written, and where, where can we possibly find that as well? Oh boy. Um, there's so many, there's so many. I mean, there's none I wrote that I said, wow, that was really awful. I mailed that in for somebody. Um, (laughs) you know, there's some, obviously there's some you like better and you say that, you know, that was a little better. I really got a great idea for that. Um, I'm going to go with, wow. Uh, I'm going to go with Marshes of Malice, which is one of the from Perilous Vistas books. It was the last one that came out. Um, that was a lot of fun. It's got three really unique adventures in it. Uh, and I think it really captured the entire wetlands environment um, okay. in great detail. Um, so I really enjoyed that. But, you know, all those books were good. I enjoyed them. They were fun. Um, I liked working on Razor Coast. I liked working on Rappanathuk. I liked working on World of Lost Lands. 
Um, I guess my first big campaign setting, if I had to go back, was Wildwood. Um, if you can find that, good luck, because it's out of print. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that was done like 15 years ago um, for Bastion Press Oathbound campaign setting, which I actually became like the lead designer for. Um, I didn't create it, and the person who created it kind of left the company or... And it was like, well, you seem to know this pretty well. Why don't you do it? So I did. And then, you know, things, you know, went kind of south when, uh, mm -hmm. you know, 4E came out. And then it was, you know, kind of went on the wayside. But, you know, it was a really fun product to do as well. But then we have so these were 3.5? Is that, what, is that what, what I'm hearing as most of these were? Wildwood was 3.5. Um, the other ones I was talking about earlier, the Perilous Vistas books were Pathfinder. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I made the progression from 3.0 to 3.5. Um, and then when 4E came out and didn't have the OGL, it was kind of like I really didn't do anything for a little bit. And then um, a friend of mine got me into a project, got me into Frog God, who I worked with years ago. And uh, I started learning the Pathfinder rules, and I wrote for Pathfinder, and then I switched over to 5E. Which may be a good transition if you want to talk a minute about Frog God and what they have going on. Because it sounds like you just said they've been around for a while um and so what, what are they about um well we produced products early on in 2000 when the uh, ogl originally came out under the 3.0 banner so we were originally mm -hmm. necromancer games but we also did some projects under the sword and sorcery imprint which was um like one of the first spell books and a couple of monster books uh so necromancer was around for 3.0 and 3.5 and the motto was uh, first edition rules. I mean, sorry, first edition feel, third edition rules, because we were writing for 3E. Mm -hmm. And then when, again, another one when 4E came out and nobody really knew what to do, it kind of like lingered. And then when Pathfinder came along um, and Frog God ended up creating its own in house uh, rule system called Swords and Wizardry, uh, it was reborn around 2009, 2010, and we've been going strong ever since. Awesome. That's very cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That that's super awesome. And so I, I really want to I want to give you a, a platform to kind of just give an overview of this new um, book I, is what I'll call it. That's probably not the right word, um, <laughs> but that's what I'll call it in this day and age. Everything's digital. and all. But give us an overview because I've already read over this and I have questions for sure. But I want you to okay. be able to give a summary before I start picking this apart with all my little questions. <laughs> okay, no problem. So um, this project is called Tuwal. It's spelled T-E-H-U-A-T-L, which would probably make you think it's Tehuatl, but it's not. It's Tuwal. <laughs> um, and it is a uh, Mesoamerican-inspired uh, expansion to our World of the Lost Lands campaign setting. So it consists of two books. The first book is the main book, Tuwal, which gives you an overview of this island that is in the mm -hmm. southern hemisphere of the planet. It is um, a gazetteer in large part. It's also a history, talks about the history, uh, an overview of the island, its people, their faiths, um, the equipment you can find there, as well as a lot of flora, fauna, and, and that type of information. The second book is called Adventures in Tuwal. There's currently four adventures in there. Right now, they take you from about third level in 5e. I'm going to talk in 5e because uh, mm -hmm. it's easiest for me to remember. From third level to about, I'm going to say 11th or 12th. Um, 
there's one more adventure that will be added if we hit our stretch goal of $50,000. And I wrote one of the adventures. Um, two of them are written by my friend Rob Banning, who's done a lot of work for uh, Write Publishing. He's done some from us too for Frog God. And the other two are written by Tim Hitchcock, who if you're familiar with Paizo and Pathfinder and all the adventure paths, you're going to see his name a lot. Mm. Um, he's a somebody I've known for 20 years in this industry. So. Uh, he got me into Frog God, and we finally decided to work. We were able to finally work together and <laughs> came together on, on this project. So we're also going to produce um, system-specific guidebooks for 5e, Pathfinder, and Swords of Wizardry. Those will include um, class options for Pathfinder and 5e. Uh, it'll include equipment, spells, magic items for all three systems. Um, and that'll be a soft cover add-on to the main book. And that's pretty much the project in a nutshell. There's two more small adventures that are add-ons. Um, one's called Maze and Monsters, M-A-I-Z-E, which is <laughs> an homage to the old uh, Tom Hanks movie. And uh, the second one is called The Hidden Shrine of Tamakonots, which is my name kind of mumbled up as an old tribute to the old C1 Genius. adventure. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I look. I, a, I love uh, the idea of adding classes. Um especially in your own mm -hmm. setting uh i i'm like a world building junkie so talking to somebody who's like does this for a living is great um <laughs> okay it's, it's cool. so good what inspired you guys to do the meso uh american setting or i guess not setting but theme um and because it sounds like it's a part of this uh world of the lost lands setting um <clears throat> where'd you get the inspiration for that um, well, how this all came about was I had done all the Perilous Vistas books and I kind of had been like, somebody, you know, uh, wasn't able to do this and we need 60,000 words pronto. Can you do it? And I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. So I would do it. And they came to me and said, what do you want to do? Because we've given you kind of everyone else's projects and you've really haven't had a chance to do something that you wanted to do. And this is what I wanted to do. I've always been, um, you know, fascinated by this culture and the civilization. And I thought it was something that was really unexplored. And I like to do things that are unexplored. I don't mm. like to do things that have been redone, you know, 30 times. And I'm not saying that's bad, but for me, I find it kind of boring because it's not my little niche. So um, I thought this would be a great project. There's such a culture that's, you know, has so much amazing um nuances and to it and it's just so it was just so interesting and fascinating to do this so that was my inspiration for doing it and um i'm glad we did it you know it took a ton of research i mean i spent probably the better part of two to three months um reading everything i could find um watching programs we actually have a bibliography for this book wow oh, awesome yeah to, to quote all the sources we used and we actually had a um uh an, um south american uh, anthropology um person come and read the book um to make sure we got things right and put his seal of approval on it so anything we needed to fix we fixed and so we were happy with that too that was did they have some fixes that that uh, you had there to were a couple. yeah there were a couple there weren't too many there was nothing like oh my god this is so you know colonialists or anything like that you know there yeah, were a couple yeah. minor you know names and, and that sort of thing but nothing like you know like you got to redo this whole thing from scratch mm -hmm. so you know and that, that was fine we're we're happy that with again we wanted to um celebrate this culture we didn't want to you know make it seem like uh you know they're kind of like um 
primitive or anything like that. The, right. the, the, the culture we present is highly sophisticated, very advanced from a number of standpoints, technologically advanced, socially advanced, um, culturally advanced, artistically advanced. Yeah. So we wanted to present uh, the culture in that fashion. And that's, I think, what we did. That's really exciting because that was really going to be my next question, which was like, how did you, you know, make sure you were paying respect? And it, I mean, let's be honest, like the the landscape of today is like it's very easy to um, cause offense mm -hmm. for not doing your homework. Right. Like people will get upset when you don't do your homework or, or you accidentally belittle something. So I think it's really awesome that you guys took the time to actually like reach out and get an expert uh, you know, to double check and make sure you weren't, you know, misrepresenting something. So that's awesome. That's going to like mm -hmm. come through in your writing and show authenticity, um, to the culture. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. We, we, we thought that was very important. Uh, and again, this is fictional, so it's not, you know, fact, um, right, it is, of course. right. We're not, we didn't create a setting where we're role-playing in 16th century Mexico, um, this is a setting that is in uh, a part of this Lost Lands world, and it's a fantasy world, too. So there mm -hmm. are elves, there are dwarves, there are halflings, there are gnomes, there are gnolls, there are goblins and hobgoblins and monsters you would normally expect to see mm -hmm. in a fantasy setting. Um, but some of the tricky things we had to figure out was what do we introduce that wasn't in Mesoamerica and what do we stay authentic to? Because, you know, there are other people uh, introducing some of their technology and some of their traditions into this world. So how do we balance that? Like one thing was steel. What do you do with steel? Um, do you introduce it? And the bottom line was really steel was, you know, um, there is dwarves in this environment, so they do have steel but it's also a very warm, humid environment. So if you want to wear plate mail armor in 95 degree heat with 50% humidity, yeah, go cooking. ahead, be my guest. <laughs> yeah. yeah, tell me how fun it is. So we felt, you know what, we can keep, if you want to have steel, that's fine, but you're going to have to deal with, you know, it rusting or just, you know, sweating the bejesus out of you. So, <laughs> I mean. Yeah, I didn't really you know, think about the you. fact that, about rusting of armor mm -hmm. and that much humidity. Like, I mean, I, I don't wear steel armor in my life. Right. I do. You um, don't wear your armor all the time, bro. I, I, I don't. It's, it's, Christmas. It's, it's, I know. I just, it's just heavy. I, I only jog in it really. Um, oh, so it doesn't okay. get a lot that's of, a lot of, uh, you know, weather, man, that's, it's, it's little stuff like that. It's attention to detail. Um, like that, that really to me sells a story. So like the fact that you guys thought about that, like I tell people all the time in world building, it's the little things that really can like, make an environment like, i love that yeah I, I agree with that wholeheartedly uh i mean it shows the uh, amount of t attention you pay, you know care that you pay to what you're doing that mm -hmm. if you're gonna you know miss things that are like that it kind of you know detracts from it so you know a couple other things we thought of were like horses what do we do with horses do we introduce horses we actually felt no that was something we didn't need to introduce this is an island it's far away from the rest of the world um, it would make perfect sense that there are no horses. And really, in this environment, um, you know, one of the questions that people would usually have about the Mesoamerica was, well, they didn't have the wheel. Um, so they couldn't have been that advanced. And the question, the problem is they did have the wheel. It just wasn't practical because you want to drag. First of all, they had no pack animals to pull a wagon, even if they yeah. had one. 
And the second thing is your wagon's going to get stuck in the mud. So oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Where are you going with it? So, you know, that was another thing that we had to think about, you know. And, and another thing that we added, too, that I thought was pretty cool is um, the Mesoamerican people had rubber. So it was called Oli. Oh. Mm -hmm. And it was they used to play the ball game with it, if you've ever seen um if you've oh, been to yeah. mexico or central america you've seen those large carts with the hoop and the ring on the top yes well, they would use a rubber ball to put the ball through the hoop um so we felt that since they had rubber one invention that would be logical would be to vulcanize it so one of the things you're going to find is vulcanized rubber on oh, wow. this in this world <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. yeah so Dude, I love that because well, it gives you a whole nother experience when playing D&D, &D, right? That's a whole nother, like, level. Or I guess it doesn't, it's not D&D &D specifically, but when you're doing uh, your TTRPG, I, I love that idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Rubber was, I mean, again, it's not going to be like, you know, a Michelin tire, like, of today, but it's going to be enough that um, it counteracts steel. So if you want to wear heavy armor, there's actually, like, a vulcanized rubber form of it that you can wear. <laughs> That's so cool that doesn't rust see we thought of that one too yeah no that's i mean and just do you take less falling damage can you yes. <laughs> can it bounce you yes it does oh. there's a little rule that has you take a little less falling damage <laughs> if you're wearing this rubber armor oh man we gotta get some of that no we, we can't steal it we're gonna call something else but we i need some of that for my character go um, for it speaking of and we talked about like classes you what, what is what is a couple classes if you can give us or even just one that you love to to build and and why there's one um called the uh tunnel pochli and it is a sorcerer and uh one of the major um uh cultural things in mesoamerica was a lot of omens and portents were considered very important you know watching the stars mm -hmm. to foresee the future so this um sorcerer has some ability to glimpse into the future and that allows you to do certain things for instance you can like ready an action or guess on a ready and if it works you can cast a cantrip on the thing that triggered it so it, it's uh, it worked out pretty well and the sorcerer also gets to pick divination spells from other classes so ooh. because he can kind of see into the future so we that's thought pretty sweet yeah we thought it was pretty cool and i play tested it at all the cons and everyone who played the character really liked it you know with this also with some new spells that are for the setting so oh. they, they write that even more so i love that a whole lot i mean you don't see that much uh divinity uh, oh my gosh brain you don't see enough of those types of spells honestly um <laughs> i just i won't even try again two two is enough Thir three is a super failure but i mean you think about it like that's a whole nother element of being proactive like the be the best thing you can do in combat in uh at least in D D is mitigating damage right because healing isn't mm -hmm. very effective and so to have that type of like mitigation like that sounds really cool mm -hmm. yeah i think we did a really good job with the characters um one of them too is the ball game player so he is a ulo maloney who plays the ball game and because he plays the ball game he can run on the walls like a little bit like he can almost like go like horizontal for like 15 20 feet um, and he also can do like something where he can use his hips to hit um, opponents as he moves past them. So we, we took parts of the game itself and incorporated it into this character, which I, which the people Gosh, who played it that. enjoyed too. Yeah, they liked it. So it was fun. That's really awesome. 
so I'm looking in here, and one of the things I noticed, because uh, you talked about this being a, a collaboration, there's these different, um, I think adventures is the right word that you guys mm-hmm. uh, sub these out. And so, um, I mean, there's some good names like uh, Gargoyle Pet Cemetery. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's uh, intriguing. And then yours is, uh, and I'm going to butcher this name, but I'm going to try and pronounce it right, is the, re- it. the re-education of uh, Coil? Coil. Coil. There we go. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And that, so, like, that seems really cool to me, especially after talking to you about the amount of research you guys did. Like, you're going to see the nobility structure and have a feel for that. Like, and I, I have no idea what that is, right? I am good with kings and queens and medieval general knowledge, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't even know what that's like in that type of culture. We actually do a whole section on it. Um, and again, we did some fictional parts of this. Of course. So this is the part it's, where we inspired. kind of deviate. Right, right, right. This is where we deviate. So there's two basic, well, there's actually three. Um, there is the nobility, and there's three strata of nobility here. Um, in the backstory, um, the gods are what are called hero gods, and they were the leaders of a rebellion that succeeded. And when they were mortals, but when they succeeded, they gained divinity. So anyone who is related to them has, is a noble, is a certain type mm. of noble. So they're like they're called children of the gods basically children of the odds yes um so they're like that and then there's another strata of nobility where you uh accomplish something on the battlefield so if you're a great warrior you can attain a nobility as well and then there's a third class that if you can do something extraordinary like you're a great architect or an engineer or something like that you would attain nobility through that route but those two the second the second two i discussed are transitory. They may not be permanent. They may not pass to your relatives unless you do certain things. So, and we spell out what you have to do in the book and all that. Hmm. Um, the majority of people are obviously going to be commoners. Um, and commoners are usually farmers, hunters, that sort of thing. Um, and the last class is what are called um, Lakotins. And Lakotins are, I don't want to use the word slave because it's not really, it's more of an indentured servitude status where you mm-hmm. are indebted to somebody um, and you would basically sell your services for however many years, or it could be a punishment for a crime. So instead of being executed mm, yes. or sent to a prison, you would become an indentured servant essentially. So um, we, we go into great detail about that. We discuss the law, how the court system works, uh, and, and some of those details as well, inspired by the real world, but we had to do a lot of fictionalizing for that part. Yeah, absolutely, that makes sense. Um, I want to I want to give an opportunity um, for you to talk about uh, this Kickstarter um, because man, it 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 seems out of control so far. Um, <laughs> but I want I want you to be able to talk about it because there are a lot of cool tiers in here, and for a lot of people. Um, like myself, like I like Kickstarters because if you get in, you get extra stuff. You get stuff that you could only get at that time, and like exclusives are like super good. So, mm-hmm. um, why don't you talk about like the main exclusive you like, or the one that's like really got you excited, uh, or or just the Kickstarter in general? There's not going to be too much exclusive stuff in this. Um, 
we're going to add in a bestiary. So we're already going to do a PDF bestiary. I, no, I think we're close to that goal. I'm trying to remember the goals. One was the art, because I know I just did an art order for the monsters. Uh, and I believe the next one is the PDF bestiary. Yeah, and that, I don't think yeah, we're going to put that You're not up. there yet, but you're, I mean, you might as well be. Right. We're like, I think, a thousand bucks short of that one, I think, yep. or six thousand. I'm trying to remember. But, um, you know, the bestiary is going to be cool. Um, I don't know what we're going to do with the two add on adventures, um, the uh, Maze of Monsters and the Hidden Shrine. Mm -hmm. uh, those might just be part of add ons for the Kickstarter. I don't know if we're going to be selling them in the store. So I don't mm -hmm. think we are. The main book and the adventure book will be eventually in the Frog God Games store. So it's not going to be an exclusive. So. Um, our, our stretch goals are really more to add of the uh, other adventures to the book. And then if we go past 50,000, which I'm pretty confident we will and hopeful, um, we're working on a few more stretch goals we can add in there and maybe get some more content in there. My idea was to give people a, a, an Aztec death whistle at a certain point, but it, the cost would have been too much. Yeah. That, that <laughs> I have one. I have one of my thing. That's why I have Dang it. I need one of those. Yeah. Yeah. I could blow it, but it's just so horrible to hear it. It's you're just going to be like, oh. And it's probably going to blow your sound thing to pieces. So you'll be just he like, actually oh. casts a spell on people. He, he knows what he's doing. And he baits us into letting yeah. him cast, <laughs> you, cast yeah. all, every, all of our listeners. And now mm -hmm. Bye, 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 bye. <laughs> pledge, pledge, pledge. I must pledge. Marketing. Marketing. You oh, the, marketing. Oh, the other thing, too. Yeah, the Leatherbound will be exclusive for the Kickstarter. So if you Ooh. want the Leatherbound edition of Twal, that'll be exclusive for the Kickstarter. Man, that Is that at a certain, um, certain I believe it's, uh, I think it's like a two something, 265, 300, something somewhere in that range. I'm not sure exactly um, where it fits in the Kickstarter. And how long have you guys been, let me, I'm trying to look at this. How long has the Kickstarter been going on for you guys? A week. Are you freaking kidding yeah. me? No, it's a week. Let me go ahead and give you guys some numbers because because it's it's public domain. Yeah. Uh, these guys, I just missed it, Dwayne, but I think it's $163,000 or 157 because I think you're almost at $160,000. No, no, I think you're looking at somebody else. You're, no, you're <laughs> looking at somebody else, dog. No, let me, yeah, let me yeah, help yeah, you yeah. out with those numbers. Yeah. Uh, we go so back. They, they've been going we can take that out. The, uh, yeah, I'll. Anyways, it's fine. I wish it was $157,000, so, but it's not. Th they're a weekend, and their goal was 20 k They are at just shy of 40 k already. So, like, double the, the original goal, which is amazing, and, and well on the way to your 40 k uh, stretch mark, uh, stretch mark, uh, stretch goal. Um, <laughs> Where are you going, huh? Uh, well, Sorry, I found the right one. Yes. Yep. Okay. Still, a week? Yeah, yeah a week. Yeah. That's you know what? If you gave good. me a week and forty thousand dollars, I'd do pretty much whatever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now some of our fans will take that in the wrong direction. I'm just Say saying. Say a cuss oh. word for me. That's what <laughs> That's I amazing. want. Boy. That is amazing. I, thanks. Yeah. That's really awesome. I also mm -hmm. love because I'm tempted by the unknown. There's a there's a sixty k one that is just three question marks. Like I want that to get unlocked just so I know what it is. Yeah, I'd like to too because I don't know what it is either. <laughs> it, it says it says shipping, and what they do is basically they send you a bride, and that's, oh. that's it. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe they send you the death whistle. Oh no, maybe. it's more marketing. Yeah, more marketing, more death whistles. So you mentioned yeah, uh, getting some art in it. Who do you have? Um, it's doing art for you. Is there someone that you guys have worked with several times, or is this someone new? Or 
Uh, we worked with a bunch of artists for this project. Um, they did a great job. And some of them are, you know, from Central and South America. So for them, this was really like something like they were really excited mm -hmm. to work on this. So give a shout out to some. Um, Colin Chan did the um, cover for the main book. He did a great job, I think. Uh, Adrian Landeros did the cover for the Adventures in Tuval book. And he did some of the interior art. Um, Hector Rodriguez did a lot of the art as well, along with uh, Santo, Santo Norvisate, um, Julio Carvalho. Um, oh boy, now I just ran into a, a, a block. <laughs> There's a couple others, but we've had, and I'm sorry, I forgot, um, but we've had a, a, a pretty stable um, collection of artists. And a lot of them actually started as, um, Casey Christofferson is our art director. They started as his students in art. He's a teacher in um, Kansas who uh, teaches uh, graphic arts. So a lot of them started as his students and they've progressed from students into paid artists. What a cool roundabout way to come back to it. Yeah, no, it it's, it's works out perfectly for all of us. They get the yeah, experience, we get artists and everybody's happy. It works out perfectly. Dude, that's so awesome. Um, why don't you tell everybody um, just one more time where they can find your stuff, uh, where this Kickstarter is just in general. We're going to put links in there. Don't worry about that. Um, okay. So you guys can, if if you don't understand what he's saying or it's like you're like me and you can't pronounce anything or spell anything, it's going to be in the link description. So don't worry about that. Okay. Yeah, you can find us. Um, our main store is the froggodgames.com. Um, that is pretty much the web store, though. You're not going to find mm -hmm. a lot of like new content on there. Um, our main sources of information are going to be um, our Facebook page, Frog God Games. Um, so like the page. Uh, I think we have about nine or 10,000 likes right now. Uh, we also have a Twitter presence. I'm personally not on Twitter, so I don't know much about it. And everyone who asks people, should I be on Twitter? And they just <laughs> kind of look at me and go, mm, like, enough said. <laughs> um, but we do have a Twitter presence. Um, we also have a Discord server where we... Oh, nice. uh, have a good number of members and we do a lot of things. We're doing uh, actually a Frog God Games game, game day, virtual game day, uh, coming September 12th and 13th. Uh, and you can also find me on Facebook, um, Tom Canals 52 um, Got a little Nandor with a little pink thing on him. So you can find me there. <laughs> and the Kickstarter is, like I said, Lost Lands Tual, T-E-H-U-A-T-L. But you can find our Facebook page. We'll we have plenty of links to the Kickstarter and um, all of our other products. And, uh, you know, we're just doing, we're doing really well. We're, this was a, I'll be honest, this was a gamble. Um, <laughs> we didn't know how this was going to go. Um, and the COVID thing and everything else going on threw another monkey wrench into everything. Because now we don't know, not only is there going to be a market for this, is are people going to be able to buy it because of their financial circumstances? Ooh, yeah. So, you know, it has turned out, uh, pretty it turned out exceeded my expectations i'll put it that way so i was you know i knew we, i was pretty sure we'd fund but i was like oh, a little nervous and then i saw it the first day <laughs> and i'm at a golf outing and i'm watching it and it's going boom 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 I'm like holy smokes what the heck is happening so we're really delighted and you know i think we're gonna hit like the 60 or 60 at least so. i hope you do so i can figure out what that that stretch goal is uh yeah what you know how many whistles am i gonna get when that oh <laughs> yeah i know i wish i could i wish i could i wish i could I, I wish i could blow it but if i do it's gonna really i'm telling you it's gonna screech your ears out and you're just gonna, i i like Ooh. hearing so i will will pass for me um okay i, I don't, I don't want to be deaf um okay hey, <laughs> thanks for coming on the show we really appreciate it we're we're happy to spread the word uh 
fans of Lawful Stupid, if you want to back somebody really cool, if you want to see some genuinely good content with like a well done research, clearly, as you've just heard, uh, go into that link, go check it out and back the project. Cool. Yes, please do. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, Devin, any closing words, any words of wisdom? Uh, I don't often have words of wisdom. I will say, uh, appreciate you coming on. Um, I'm, I'm very excited to go research this a little more and, and throw some money that way. So um, awesome. I won't get you to the 60,000 myself, but oh, I will be advocating damn. for you. On oh, cool. I appreciate <laughs> it. Any support we can get, I really appreciate it. And thank you so much for having me.